another episode of Earth Up. We are so excited to have you all here today and are so blessed to share with you some of our favorite environmental topics to talk about. But this is not just one of our normal episodes of Earth Up. We have a special guest here tonight to talk, you, to, talk to you about all things Earth. Patty Dreyer, author of the book Empowered, One Planet at a Time, is here with us today. Patty, we are so excited to have you here. I am thrilled to be here, Allie. That's awesome. So we have a few questions first. Um, would you please introduce your, the name of your book and some things about it? Sure. Well, my book is Empowered, One Planet at a Time. And it's a book about standing up for your planet and yourself on social or environmental issues, whatever matters to you. And um, it was specifically written for young adults like you that have more of the future in front of them than behind them, like me, I'm 60 years old. So, you know, it just makes sense that we as um, people at our stage of our life turn to you and say, here's what I learned along the way. Let me share as much as I can with you to hopefully make your road easier so that you can rise and so that you can earth up and, and make sure that you're helping to create the kind of future that you want it to be. Well, that's awesome. Um, so um, I have a question to start us off here. Um, so I have researched a little bit about you and what you do. Um, how does Blue Spring Innovations fit into this whole book that you wrote and all that great stuff? Sure. Blue Spring Innovations is the name of my, my company. It's a, a limited liability company here in the state of Wisconsin. I live in Stevens Point. And when you are an author and you publish a book, it is an opportunity to, you know, create a business model around that book. And that's really what it is. Awesome. Okay. So um, starting us off, um, when you're a child, when you were a child, um, did you know what you wanted to do? Yeah, good question. You had some wonderful questions that you were sharing with me that I needed to think about ahead of time. When I was a youngster, I knew I loved to write. I had no idea that I would ever become a politician and run for public office to serve as an elected official. I had no clue on that one at all. I knew I loved a combination of nature and um, reading and uh, art and music and science. I knew I had so many different things I wanted to learn about. And anyway, as life went on, that's when I discovered that it was a path that I could serve if I ran for public office when I was ready and I was um, prepared to do that later in my life. Um, I knew once I went to college what I what I was feeling about how things were going in my studies, how natural things came, how I was enjoying it. And you know, you continue to weave your path and change it as you need to in order to continue to get yourself to a place that you feel like you're in your groove 
from a career standpoint. You probably feel like you're in a groove when you're in certain classes in school, for example. It's the same in the outside world where when we're working in various kinds of roles or volunteering or when we're in our own classes or um, university level classes or whatever the case is, you figure it out as you experience it about what's feeling right to you and so on. Anyway, as time went on, I had I ended up having just so many extraordinary experiences from which I grew a lot that I just thought, you know what, this is my time. I always knew I wanted to write a book and I call it the capstone of my career to have written it now. I took a year to write it, but a year to also prepare for it. And then my whole life was the other preparation for it. And so that's kind of where this came from. Awesome. Okay. A chance to sort of put it down and for posterity's sake, but also to pass it on. Mm -hmm. Why should you rec recreate a wheel that I already could guide you and say, here's how, here's how um, as some of us have figured it out. Why would you want to start all over again, you know, yeah, versus sure. learn from other people? Mm -hmm. And in that writing process, that year period preparing for your book, um, what does that mean exactly for young writers? Sure, sure. Wow. So for me, it was a lot of development work, personal development work, leadership development work to build my own self up and my ideas, my concepts about how I would put the book together, what I would include, what I wouldn't include, why um, the people I was working with to help publish it and what they were advising and looking for and, and then there was seemed to be, and I'm just going to say this, I know it might sound kind of weird, but maybe there's this kind of magic that happens when you really get into the groove and you really have, you know that you, you hit a stride and it's kind of like that runner's high that some people experience where you, where you're like, where did that come from? Or you can put your burners on or whatever it is in your activity. And for me in writing this book, there were parts of it. I had um, my own surprises of um, and holy cow moments when I was able to get more out of, of um, interpreting personal experiences and professional experiences than I've ever gotten before because I could see them in entirely different ways simply because I was pushing myself to try to look for the best lessons and opportunities and the tools that I could help you take away as a reader from the book so that you had your how-to guide to stand up for your planet and yourself and that was an incredible growing experience. The readers who were my, we call them beta readers, they were the ones that were in your age group and a little older than you as well, who, who then read the book and gave me all different kinds of feedback before the book was finished so that I could write it um, in ways that they could get the greatest benefit out of it. And that's what I was striving for all along. So they taught me as well. So you just have to be open to learning every step of the way and not thinking you got it all figured out beforehand. That's awesome. I, I enjoyed learning about that. I was wondering, like when I was, I read some of your book um, before this, um, I was wondering like, um, 
exactly how you decided to plan out your book because I know that for a lot of like young readers like me, they don't have the intention span, um, you know, as most adults do. Um, so I thought it was like really ingenious how you did that. Um, oh, that's really neat to hear from you. You know what I was thinking as I was going through my kind of like, like the file of my life, right? All the different things that happened and when. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I asked myself was how many people could say that they were a chauffeur for the father of Earth Day? You mm -hmm. know, Gaylord Nelson, Senator Nelson, that day that was just a, a fluke in my life that I had the opportunity on behalf of our university to go pick him up and have a personal one-to-one few moments of a conversation with him. He was doing a lot of busy work and that's in chapter one. And I was like, what's, what did I, I can't even believe it. You know, it's like pinch yourself, right? Mm -hmm. What does the father of earth day who's passed now, but what does he say to all of us out here who continue to strive to make earth day every day? You wouldn't have named your podcast earth up if you didn't believe it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this has just uh, this has been a, a really cool thing to pull it all together because it was really all about how individual actions, how what any single one of us do when we combine it with what others do, that's where really humongous kinds of changes can come about on issues that matter to us, whatever they are, whether they're local or whether they're global issues, it makes no difference. Whether they're social issues in our community, like hunger, you know, human, human issues that we deal with in our communities or like Black Lives Matter or like um, maybe you just don't have strong um, elected officials who are listening to people and it's time that you got to kind of shake them up a little bit and say we need you to listen to us and here's why mm -hmm. and so anyway you put all of those things together and you just end up with uh, a, an opportunity to live a life of purpose that makes an impact that you're trying to make to make the world a better place, not just your own personal future, you know, from a selfish kind of standpoint, but a future better for everyone. And that's really what this book is all about. It's about working yourself through it to build your courage and your confidence, because it takes a lot of that and persevering as you have figured out what your actions are going to be that you want to take and the book lays those out how to work as an individual or in a group, how to work through all of that so that you can be successful and stick with it and then end up living a life of purpose that is like your legacy. It's how you, it's your process of leaving the world better in whatever way that matters to you. Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah. Developing yourself as a leader. And Allie, I can tell already you're a leader. <laughs> I can. I, I don't know you that well, but just every, every bit I see about you and hear about you and all of your communications with me tell me that you are already a leader. And so many of the other students who are standing up with you and participating in this podcast, but also doing all of their own work in their lives to have their voices be heard. These are leaders in the making as well. So that really, truly, as you lead the way through tomorrow, you're going to be able to um, help make it better for everybody because gosh knows we need it better for everybody. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah I, um, I um, actually, it's funny that you brought up um, your leadership, you know, um, in the government because tonight my dad is running for, um, I, I believe it's a position at the Merton School Board. Um, oh, beautiful. It's his first time beautiful. running. 
So um, um, the results are going to come in soon, but yeah, it's interesting. Wow. <laughs> well, you'll have to ask him and have that conversation with him about mm -hmm. courage. What courage did it take? It's easy for us to assume that people just, oh, no biggie. They're just going to do it. Sure, they'll just throw themselves out there. But there's this inner courage that you have to really tap into and stand there having done your homework and be able to answer tough questions and know that you have the good of the whole in mind. And that's where good leadership comes from, in my opinion. So that, for example, your father, should he be elected, he would have the opportunity to make decisions decisions for the good of the whole school district, not only for his daughter, mm -hmm. but for the whole good of the district and the community. And that's really what fine, fine, fine leadership's all about. Mm -hmm. For sure. Oh, I wish him luck. That's wonderful. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I know we talked about um, the implications of young adults in your book. Um, through those interactions, were there any that stood out to you? Um, maybe feedback from young adults like myself or um, just throughout the writing process? Absolutely. The person who wrote the forward to the book, Aberdeen Leary, is a person who recently graduated from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. She's actually living in Hawaii right now, but uh, she was a person I met that I, was, that I was so inspired by as a senior at the university at that particular time. And one of the things that she had under her belt as far as her experiences went was not only some excellent writing capabilities, but she had global experiences. She had been in Africa doing some other great projects, mm -hmm. projects to help people there. And, um, oh, she was just an inspiration to me and I will, I am continuing to stay in contact with her. And uh, one of the things that she told me when she was reading the book was how impactful this one part is that uh, really resonated with her. And I'm gonna find it, it's right here. It, um, I know you don't have a book, well, the listeners may not have a book in front of them, <laughs> but for those that do, it's on page 16. And what Abby Leary told me was uh, how important it was that I wrote this part and I'll just read it to you, okay? Okay. And she writes, or she said, this is it. When you decide to be silent on an issue, it is the same as taking a stand on that issue. It's your choice, but when you are silent for whatever the reason, you give your power away to others. You defer to them and let them make decisions for you. And that part along with the vote in every single election, even if you think there's some obscure something or other that doesn't have anything to do with your life, they all do. And um, that whole piece there was really important and came um, through Abby's feedback on the draft of the book. When Abby wrote the forward, I did have something I thought I would read as part of this podcast tonight. And maybe this is a great time because okay. it's her voice. Yeah. And I wanted a person that would speak from the, um, the next generation of leaders perspective more than I could. Like I said, I'm 60 years old. I just had my birthday in July last year. And so I, for me to speak to you, yes, I love it, Allie. And I would love to continue to mentor all I could. But the bottom line is you want to hear what your peers are saying out there. Mm -hmm. And while she's not 
precisely, you know, your peer in your community right now, she comes mm -hmm. from those generations where she's got more um, of a future ahead of her like you do. And so her words are very, very powerful. It's entitled, um, the forward is entitled, We Cannot Be Too Loud. And for anyone with the book, it's on Roman numeral number nine for the page. Well, anyway, it goes like this, Abby's words. We know the future we envision is unsteady. And we know we have the ability to transform it. It will take courage and it will take confidence but we have both in us. We must mobilize and empower each other to stand up for our planet. This is our moment. Find your platform, be unwavering in your demands. We are just as much citizens of this earth as any businessman or politician standing in our way. And we have the right to call for a healthy planet for ourselves and for our future. So let our voices rise. Let them be heard from ocean to ocean, in the cities, in the villages, in the parliament. They cannot be, we cannot be too loud. And that's, so that's Aberdeen Leary's words. I did not you know, I did not edit her words. Her voice is her voice. And it was just incredibly powerful as she sets the stage for you to have an extra reason from her perspective and your own perspective to stand up and the power you have as young people to make our world a better place, to really show us the way, kind of like Greta Thunberg is. And there's different approaches one can take. Greta's taken a whole different approach than many. The book lays out so many different options for you to take action in whatever you feel um, comfortable with and whatever best fits your situation, your issues, your comfort level. But in all of this, it's about a future, you know, taking back your own destiny, right? Don't let it happen to you. Take control of your future and make it be what you want and deserve it to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, that covered a lot of my questions. <laughs> um, so um, in respect to young people taking action, um, specifically on that point, um, when your book was released, um, I believe it was released during COVID, if I'm yes. not correct. Yes. Um, how, <laughs> how did that affect um, sort of your mindset um, when releasing the book and um, did you have any setbacks when that happened? That sort of thing. Thank you for that. Thank you. The book was released in, in late January. So it was on the um, edge, the front edge of COVID. And so we just had no clue that we would end up um, in this kind of a pandemic. So mm -hmm. lots of events were canceled. Um, there was an opportunity to be over in Germany in um, an international event in June, for example, with my colleagues who co-wrote the, the afterword of the book. Yeah. And we had to cancel all of those things. And we canceled a big uh, Girl Scout statewide conference event. And we canceled keynote speeches and book signings and you know, and it's just what needed to happen, right? Mm -hmm. So I just, okay, it was a tough year. It continues to be tough, mm -hmm. but really isn't that what 
this book is all about. I look at my own book and I, I continue to get benefit from it. And chapter five talks about growing and sustaining yourself in your actions, you know, and in your service. Mm -hmm. And so chapter five, talking about perseverance is so important. If I was going to continue to walk my talk and um, let my book continue to uh, serve the world, hopefully improve the world through the actions of young people like you who are inspired to do something different because you read it, right? Mm -hmm. To stand up for yourself and your planet because you read it then I needed to make sure that I wasn't going to let it get me down. And that's where I am right now. So I just want you to know that you're helping in that. And how you're helping is, for example, there was a student that saw what you're doing with your podcast that I put out on my Facebook pages, my um, Instagram pages and things like that, my website. And her name is Molly. And when Molly heard what was going on, she said, well, wait a minute, I'm down in Texas and I have a university group that's a student group that I lead that has to do with um, hunger. And I'd like to learn what I could do using your book, Empowered, to empower myself and hopefully my group. And we'll be able to do even more on the issue of hunger prevention and uh, addressing hunger down in her area. And so that's an example of one set of ripple effects. We talk about that in the book. One set of ripple effects that happened because you started doing what you're doing. And you told me what you're doing is inspired by the book that your Earth Club is, is reading, which I'm so excited about with Mr. Mechanic and other leaders. And so there you go. The rest is history. You're already making ripple effects across the other part of the United States. And I know it's gonna keep rippling mm -hmm. in well, a great way. Um, okay, so um, I know that there's a bunch of quotes in the book and all that good stuff. Is there anyone that besides the one that you already mentioned that stands out to you? Uh, were you meaning like my favorite environmental quote or a quote in the book that I that I wrote? Um, a quote in the book or an environmental quote. Okay, how about a quote in the book first? And then I did go and I pulled out, you would ask me what was my favorite environmental quote? That's really hard for me, but I have a one that I found that I think will fit very nicely. So but let me start with this though. Um, okay. Let me see, just give me a half a moment here. I really, 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 um, yeah. I think this would be the one I would like to share with you. It's on page 116 in a section, the end of the book really, that uh, on chapter six, it now comes to fruition and the book is about taking it one planet at a time. In other words, have no fear. The issues aren't so large that, you know, whether they're local or global issues, it really doesn't matter because they all start where you are and with you. And so you just kind of take it one planet at a time after all. Okay, so, and I didn't have that figured out when I wrote this book, by the way, that's one revelation as I went along. I'm like, but we're all citizens of the earth. So all we have to do is just you know. to take one planet at a time. Come on, Allie. Come on, all of you other students at Arrowhead High School. All right, it says here, 
Our earth desperately needs people like you who proudly and confidently stand up and shine in your moment as a leader who says, enough is enough when it's time to say that. And let's figure this out together when it makes sense to start organizing for change. Our planet needs the voices of empowered people, a mass movement of them like you to forge a new way forward. Our times call for young adults like you who are our leaders of the future to bravely step up now and take back their destiny on this earth. We are headed in directions on this planet which are exceptionally concerning and it will take the actions of multitudes who vote, who speak out, who form coalitions, who bridge divides, and who ultimately help us conquer the social, political, cultural, and environmental challenges facing us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not too big of a, a burden on anyone's shoulders, right? For sure. <laughs> um, and do you know who wrote that quote? Or that was me. That was me. That's yeah. Awesome. yeah, that was the second to the last paragraph of the book before we get to the afterward with my German colleagues that are woven their, their stories with them through the book, three mm -hmm. of the people who are um, from the University of Würzburg in Germany, mm -hmm. and um, one person who was working for the city at this time over there. And together we had international partnership work and we founded the first German American Earth Day. And that went on for 15 years until the Americans went home. So it would, it would just be the German and, uh, uh, well, there aren't any, there, aren't, there isn't the American military community anymore. So that's when it was closed for right now. So now they just celebrate the, the global Earth Day uh -huh. You know, just like the rest of us do. And then their Umwelttag, their German Environmental Day, International Day that they mm -hmm. celebrate. But the quote I wanted to read you, which was my other favorite, Allie, is um, from my favorite writer. I, I note this in the book that my favorite nature writer is John Burroughs. And I've been reading his work since I was your age, literally since I was your age. In fact, I loved it so much. I would actually rewrite parts of it. So it would like get into my head and stick there uh, more. Uh, Cause I don't know, I always did that in college that helped me crystallize all that stuff that I could pull out <laughs> of my brain later. Well, anyway, the, the particular piece I've chosen is very short, but it's um, out of the book entitled Leaf and Tendril by John Burroughs. And it was published in 1908. All right, so this is a very nice old book. And I have a collection of his books that I, I really treasure. So anyway, um, here it is. And I just thought of you really, truly, when I, when I was choosing it for you today. Here it is, John Burroughs says, if I were to name the three most precious resources of life, I would say books, friends, and nature. And the greatest of these, at least the most constant and always at hand is nature. Nature we have always with us, an inexhaustible storehouse of that which moves the heart, appeals to the mind and fires the imagination health to the body, a stimulus to the intellect, 
and joy to the soul. So the book, Empowered One Planet at a Time, my book, takes John Burroughs's idea there and really helps you, the reader, build stronger connections, stronger relationships with people around you and with nature, whatever nature means, whether you're in Tokyo and you're in a, an intensely urban setting and you're just enjoying the plant on your windowsill or you're in the you know remote Alaska where you've got the whole wilderness out your back door. It doesn't matter where you are. Nature is always close at hand. And of course, we're part of nature. So it's getting to know ourselves better when we get to know nature better. And that's where lots of those wonderful life lessons come from that help you get through any other challenge that ever comes up in your future. And that's why chapter two really focuses on the power of nature within yourself. And yeah. you get, yeah, and you get that power um, from your connections with people and your environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, in your own words, um, we talked about the nature of um, being ourselves and having the power within ourselves. Um, do you feel as if it's ever too late to empower our planet? Um, you know, whether you're 15 or, you know, 61. You know, so let me make sure I understand correctly, Allie. You're asking if it's ever too late to to stand up to take action. Yes. Is that your question? Mm -hmm. Well, I would say to you that it it can't be because whatever happens to the planet happens to us. So it would mean that we give up on ourselves if we gave up on the planet and caring for the planet. And so to me, it's one and the same. It's like looking at yourself in a mirror. When you look at what's going on in our planet, you, you know, I'm talking we as people, right? Generally as people, when we see what's going on with our planet in dire straits in many ways with our, our own ecosystems, that the web of life that we're related to, that we're connected to, that we depend on to survive. When we see that, um, that we're pushing so many species to extinction, for example, ones that haven't even been yeah. discovered and enjoyed in all of their, their amazing ways yet by our, our citizens of the earth, then it, it just tells me that we've got to do better and we can do better. And especially with the innovation of young people such as yourself, who can who can think differently than people like me had grown up to think in problem solving for, for issues or where you can light the fire under the folks that need to, to um, hear you and understand the importance because you're going to be the one, you're going to be the one walking, you know, walking this planet long after they'll be gone or I'll be gone. And so that's all the more reason why listening to you and hearing you and having you feel strong and sharing your own points of view and what matters to you is really what we must do. And uh, so no, there is no too late scenario. Our only hope truly lies in all of us continuing to march forward, but doing it with sensitivity and uh, in reflecting on our daily basis on our daily basis in our own lifestyles that we've made better choices so we're living lighter where we can live lighter and we 
we can continue to learn how to do that. And then at the same time, tackle some bigger issues like climate change, which inevitably take all of us together to, to, to really address them. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I thought that was awesome. Um, now, tell me, can I ask you a question? Would that be yeah. all right? Oh, I would love to. What, what is it, what message do you have for the generations like me out here of a seasoned adults, let's call us seasoned adults. What message do you have for us about the earth and about your community that you want us to make sure that we hear? Um, I think that's a great question. Um, I think that um, one of the main things is that um, sort of um, you've done your job, you know, you've, as long as you know in your heart that you've done everything in your life to um, really pursue um, what's important to you. I think that as long as you've done that, I think you can have hope in, you know, people like me or like, um, that we can help carry on, you know, what you've done so well at. Um, and I think that it's more of the passing of the torch um, for you to help teach us um, what to do when you're gone. So um, that's the advice I have for you. Thank you. And passing the torch, it feels really great to know that we have leaders and leaders in the making, like you and your, your fellow students. Let me ask you, what about those things we haven't done so well? What, what would you say about that for people like me to be listening to? I think that it's a fine line because um, we can always improve on things and there's definitely things we need to improve on, you know, um, not only for our environment, but um, all of that political, social, all of that cultural um, that you mentioned before. Um, and so I think it's hard because me, people like me and you, we want to do things. We want to make everything better. But, you know, in reality, we have to focus on um, things one at a time. So um, I really think that um, by, you know, making your book, um, I feel like um, we have the ability to do better. Um, now we just have to do it. Um, and that's easier said than done, um, for sure. Um, but I think um, I have hope for those issues. Um, I don't know if they'll be erased in your lifetime or my lifetime, but I sure hope they are. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, we just have to act. Mm -hmm. In other words, not sitting back on our laurels and letting and depending on someone else doing it, because that's what's really gotten us to these places. Mm -hmm. I, I think now. Yes. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so to end out our podcast, um, where can we follow your story or how can we, um, you know, get more involved with um, all of these great environmental issues? Thank you. I think one of the greatest things that you can do is to continue doing what you are doing now by sharing, sharing your, uh, your ideas and educating and helping to inspire action by others because that's that multiplier effect out there. If you would like to share specific stories of what's going on or what actions you're taking or how, how the book is helping you so I can share it with others, I love it when people go to my website and then tap me a note. My email address is on my website, bluespring.life. So the, the color blue, the season spring, 
all right, bluespring.life, because our planet is all about life. And uh, that would be a great way. Another thing is folks can uh, find me on Instagram, Patty Dreyer, and it's P-A-T-T-Y-D-R-E-I-E-R. That's how to spell my name. So you can find me there, but you can also go to a page that's specifically set up and it's on Facebook, but it's specifically about my book, Empowered One Planet at a Time. And it the, the address is at Empowered One Planet. So, um, and that's spelling out the word one at empowered one planet and then you can go and you can follow you could uh, tap notes you could you could share posts on what's going on and I continue to lift that up I was a bit quiet during the pandemic I just felt that I needed to to let us pay attention to all the other things going on and now that's starting to to lift up more so we'll be able to have uh, more posts more things happening and more case studies of what folks like you are doing, what students like you are doing so that you can continue to inspire the Mollies out there that I had mentioned from Texas Tech University. Awesome. Well, the book is global. So this is already in the hands of people around the world. Mm -hmm. And so it's time to rise up and to earth up. For sure. And with that, we want to thank you so much for coming on here, Patty. I know, um, Things can get hectic sometimes with everything going on in our lives, but I want to thank you. Thank you so much, Allie. I am feeling like the luckiest person in the world to know I share it with you and people like you. You too. (laughs) Okay. Stay in touch. I want to hear about doing as time goes on. Okay. Okay. See you later. Bye.